Welcome into another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bowl podcast. I'm your host again, Joey Morales. Joining us, uh, almost his birthday, Ryan Lim. How you feeling after a heavy night of drinking? Um, I I don't know when the hangovers start getting really bad, but I think it's around this time. Um, I'm not feeling that great, but let's let's talk some football. Yeah, really quick. I I would tend to agree with that. It was, for me, it was right around 23. Uh, that's when I lost it. I lost the ability to just drink without. Uh, Reckless abandon, if you will, Ryan. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm like trying to live through my glory years again, but it's not really working out too well. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right, so today we're going to finally jump into some NFL analysis, getting you all ready for the 2018 fantasy football season and just regular football season. We're going to do very quick, rapid fire breakdown of the NFC South and NFC East divisions. So what we're going to do for y'all is I'm going to have a little stopwatch over here, Ryan. We're going to spend three minutes on each team. Once the timer's up, we got to move on. Sounds good to you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm hitting the clock now. We're going to start off with the NFC East, starting at the with the Cowboys. Last season, they went 9-7 and seven for second in the NFC East. Coach Jason Garrett remains there despite, uh, I would say, some disappointing seasons. Their first-round draft pick, Leighton Van Der Esch, inside linebacker from Boise State, looks to be a good, good uh, partner up with um, Sean Lee. Uh, they obviously lose Des Bryant, who they cut, and Jason Witten, who retired. They added Alan Hearns from uh, Jacksonville, Tavon Austin, and uh, Connor Williams also. Got to mention that from the alma mater. But we'll start off with Dak Prescott. Last year, 3,324 yards, 22 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, completed 62.9% of his passes along to go along with 357 rush yards and actually had seven rush TDs, which is, I believe, the highest for quarterbacks, but I have to go double-check that. You know, he's entering the third year, and I feel like the jury is still kind of out on him. You know, the first year everyone thought was that he's going to be the franchise QB that they're going to have for the next decade. The next season, it looks like he might be a little reliant upon Zeke, you know, a good offensive line, but we're still not sure. Um, I would say that the offensive line coming back healthy is going to help. Zeke not, not being not suspended is going to help. You got to look at this wide receiver core, and I think it might be one of the worst in the league. I like his ability to get 20 to 30 rushing yards a game, which will kind of help his floor, but I still see him as a QB2. What do you think, Ryan? Well, whenever he had his breakout year, um, I thought it was a little bit of an outlier. Um, But especially, I think the wide receiver core right now isn't especially helping him. I mean, you have Tavon Austin, who is like a, he he can be like a wide receiver scat back. Like, I think he's leading uh, the wide receiving group with Alan Hearns, is he not? Like, it, like where are the tools that's like going to make him be a better quarterback? I, I don't mean, see yeah. it. Exactly. You got Alan Hearns, Cole Beasley, Terrence Williams, Rico. G- I mean, a bunch of guys who really I don't trust. Um, I guess if you had to pick someone, it'd probably be Alan Hearns to lead the group. But no one that you can probably rely upon as a consistent fantasy option. And then in the running game, you obviously have Zeke. 983 yards last season, 4.1 yards per carry, seven touchdowns, 26 receptions, 269 yards in their passing game to go along with two TDs. He has led the league in rushing yards per game in 2016 and 2017. I think that suspension's behind him. I think the O-line's healthy, like I talked about earlier. So I expect a lot of carries for Zeke, a lot of rushing yards. I you know, I don't think that this, this passing offense is going to be able to do much. So I think they're going to need him to do pretty well. Um, as far as the Cowboys season outlook, I just I think this this division's still tough. I think they got to play the NFC South, which is the probably the hardest division in the league. So I see them going eight and eight. Ryan, what do you think about Zeke's season and uh, the Cowboys season in general? I mean, 
it's going to be pretty easy to play against the Cowboys defensively. I think if you stack the box and kind of just challenge Dak Prescott to throw to exactly what you said, Rico gathers, uh, like people like that, like he's going to make some mistakes. The receivers are going to make some mistakes. Um, I don't really have too high of expectations for this team. I see like a, maybe a six win team here. Um, and I know that kind of stings because you're a Cowboys fan, but I really, it's just a one dimensional offense and I don't really see it going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, they, they need a wide receiver to stretch the field and, get like you said, get men out of the box. So we'll go ahead and move on. I'm going to reset this timer and start it again. Okay, we're going to go New York Giants. The last season they went 3-13, and last in the NFC East. Pat Shermer's their new head coach. They got Saquon Barkley from Penn State with the first-round draft pick. Only real departure they had was Brandon Marshall. So we'll start off with Eli Manning. Last year, 3,468 yards, 19 touchdowns, 61.6 completion percentage. 37 years old. He had a tough year last year. He got benched in, you know, in week 13 to end his consecutive streak start at 210 games. Started after literally started a week later after the Giants realized what the hell was going on and fired Ben McAdoo. So, you know, I think he's got a brand new weapon in Saquon Barkley. Obviously, he's got great receivers in OBJ and Sterling Shepard. Um, I think he has a chance to actually put up really good numbers. You know, Saquon Barkley is still a rookie. Um, Eli Manning has still not looked terribly great. So I kind of still like him as like a QB two, but at least one that offers some upside. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was kind of an interesting decision to uh, go with Saquon in the draft. Um, if I was a Giants fan, and I fucking hate the Giants, but I mean, uh, it's kind of weird that you're sticking with Eli. He's 37. He's on an obvious decline. Uh, yeah, you sh- sure, you have like a wide receiver core that's not too awful. But at the same time, like, why wouldn't you go for the future? Um, running backs are a dime a dozen in this league. And Saquon is a generational talent. But at the same time, like, you got to go get your QB. That was a weird decision there. Yeah, we can jump so. right into that. Um, you know, obviously, they select him second overall. Uh, you got to believe that they are going to run this guy every chance they get. I mean, to pass up, like you said, on any – uh, future quarterback prospects uh, with how old Eli Manning is. Uh, if this decision doesn't pan out, heads will be rolling. So I expect the Giants to use him early and often. Um, I'd probably pick him around RB7 or 8 or so. I think he can do a little bit of work in the passing game. And I think he's going to be one of these you know rare bell cow running backs in the league. But just the fact that he's a rookie and with so many question marks around the Giants in general uh, keeps him from being top five, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the O-line is still kind of suspect. I know they signed Solder, but um, I don't I don't really know. I mean, you can pound him into the ground all you want, but if if there's no passing game, again, just it's going to be a one-dimensional offense. Yeah, and then you look at Odell and, the, and Sterling Shepard. I mean, you know, Odell su- suffered a broken tibula, which ended his um, 2017 season. You see all these videos of him making these one-handed catches, so I'm sure I think his legs are fine. It happened so early in the season, so I'm not sure. I don't. I'm not too worried about it. I think this offense is going to be able to move the ball, and I think Odell's again going to have plenty of scoring opportunities. And this guy can just take a slant for the house any day. So, um, once again, I like him as a top five wide receiver. He enters a contract here, and I do not believe they've renegotiated it yet. So that gives him more incentive to want to put up big numbers. Really only like him behind, I would say, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Houston receiver. Why am I forgetting it? Um, DeAndre Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, Yeah, I mean, he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his receptions only just because um, if you're picking between Sterling and uh, Odell Beckham Jr., you're going to pick OBJ in an offense. So 
I mean, he's going to get his targets. I don't think this Giants team is very good. There's going to be a lot of garbage time. So, Yeah, and then just really quick to touch on that, Sterling Shepard uh, benefited quite a bit from Odell's uh, absence but until he missed some games of his own with some ankle sprains and uh, migraines. But should anything happen to Odell again, he's actually probably one of the few receivers who maybe could potentially handcuff and uh, will also put up decent numbers on a overall season uh, outlook. So I kind of like him decently uh, toward the back end, back half of the draft. Um, so just to look at the Giants season for 2018, their weeks one through seven are brutal. You have Jacksonville, Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, Carolina, Philadelphia, Atlanta. That alone right there, I could see, I could see them just losing at least five to six games and the wheels fall off and everything goes south. So I like the season as a five and 11, six and 10 year for the Giants. Um, still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I was, I was going to say five wins, um, especially since you just lifted off that first half of the schedule. I honestly see them not winning any of those games. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really long season for Giants fans. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. I, yeah, long term, there's no really potential there. You got like uh, Webb on the bench and that Kyle Loetta kid out of Richmond. Like that, those are not franchise quarterbacks. I see the wheels falling off this real really quick. All right, so we'll stop, reset the timer, try to pick up the pace a little bit for y'all, and we'll uh, continue on with the Philadelphia Eagles, who last year obviously won the Super Bowl 13 and 3 for first in the NFC East. Did not have a first-round draft pick. Um, the really only notable addition was probably Mike Wallace and departure uh, LeGarrette Blunt. We'll start off with Carson Wentz. Last year, 3,296 yards, 60.2 completion percentage, 33 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Also added 299 rush yards and only 14 games before an ACL tear. So he put up pretty good numbers um, despite uh, having his season ended. I think he seemed to recover pretty well. Supposedly, he will still be, they'll be still kind of nursing him in the preseason, being cautious as they should be. Uh, but I think he's uh, probably a top 10 quarterback, uh, fantasy wise, that I'd pick, you know, not too, too high, um, just because I don't pick quarterbacks uh, that high in general, anyways. But I think uh, this, I mean, this team still has enough weapons, and I think he's actually a legit quarterback. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't really understand the Eagles. It's just kind of a weird team. I don't think their wide receiver core is stellar. Um, Alshon Jeffries, Nelson Aguilar, and such. Um, but, and you have Jay Ajahi, who isn't really a great passing running back. Um, I don't know if that's going to factor in. I think Spoil- or Sproles is going to get faded a little bit. So uh, receptions out of the backfield are going to get cut down. But, I mean, I think he'll be a solid quarterback. I, I wouldn't draft him, personally. Yeah, we could talk about those receiving options really quick. Alshon Jeffrey, 57 receptions, 789 yards, 9 touchdowns. He had a rotator cuff surgery after the Super Bowl, Super Bowl but he should be ready to go. Looked good in the postseason. I think he'll be a good weapon again for Wentz. Uh, I think probably like a lower tier wide receiver, too, is where I'd put him. Um, and then you look at Zach Ertz, 74 receptions, 824 yards, eight touchdowns. Finally had what you would probably call uh, his breakout season in a career year with Wentz. Um, looks to lead the Eagles again. I think he's going to have all the volume and opportunity he needs to uh, put up another big season. Really the only tight ends I like above him are Gronk and Kelsey. So what do you think about those? I mean, I know you already briefly mentioned it, but what about um, Zach Ertz? Uh, Zach Ertz is always my guy. Um, I usually don't. I usually just uh, stream tight ends because I don't think it's an important position. 
But Zach Ertz was one of the guys that just consistently fell to me, and I took him in a lot of drafts last year, and I was really proud of his production. Um, I, what I see here, you still got a, a relatively new quarterback who's going to go for that safe option in his tight end. Um, they worked Zach Ertz into um, the plan a lot, so I can see him maybe not having the same year that he did last year, but I, I think he can put up 700 yards, which is awesome for a tight end. Yeah, so we'll switch it back up to the running game. JHI, 408 yards, 5.8 yards per carry, only one touchdown. I think he's going to benefit a lot from the departure of Blunt, who had 173 carries last season. I think he's going to be a leader in the backfield, I th- but the Eagles do not really seem to favor him at the goal line. Cl- Corey Clement seemed to get the majority of the touches, which is why he only got one touchdown last year. But we'll see if he can maybe snag some of those away from him, assuming his production stays well. We know he has trucked you in the past, Ryan, uh, back in high school football. But and the other thing I'm looking at is, like you mentioned, Darren Sproles, how old he is. Uh, he's already hinted at retirement. How, like, how much do they really trust him or want to play him? So I think Ajayi actually has a pretty good upside to get a lot of ch- touches this season, and especially for a team that should play well again, didn't lose too many starters, didn't lose too many players uh, after the Super Bowl win. I think they're going to be ahead in a decent amount of games, and they're going to need to uh, rely on their running game. So I like Ajayi, I think, around uh, running back 20 or so, just in terms of their 2018 season. You got the return of Wentz. You got return of your left tackle, Jason Peters. You got their middle linebacker, Jordan Hicks, back. The really only loss of note is the carrot blunt. So I think this team is going to have another great season, win the NFC East. I like them to go 11-5. and five. So, Ryan, what do you think about J.H.I.'s running game? And what do you think uh, about well, the Eagles? Well, like you said before, he did used to truck me in high school, and I will say that he's a freak athlete. Um, not that I was an awful athlete. He was just much, much better than me. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think at this point we know what Jay is in his career. He's just a – straight straightforward running back he's not sexy he's gonna be like at three to four yards a carry maybe if he's good i i, I think he's gonna average like 3.4 something like that and they're gonna give him like 20 touches a game so do the math like he's probably gonna get like what 60 to 80 yards consistently maybe a touchdown every now and then i, I wouldn't say too much i think they're gonna be more of a passing offense or they're gonna give it to clements like you said which i don't really understand that strategy either but, yeah, I mean, J.J. is solid. He's a bell cow. Um, not sexy, but he will get you the points. All right, stopping the timer, resetting it, and going rapid fire one more time. Washington Redskins 2017 season. They went 7-9, third in the NFC East. Coach John Gruden returns. Their first-round pick, Deron Payne, a defensive tackle from Alabama. Really the only uh, thing that happened, I would say, is obviously the loss of Kirk Cousins and, um, and the uh, addition of Alex Smith. Uh, with the trade. So Alex Smith last year, 4,042 yards, 26 TDs to five interceptions traded here for Kendall Fuller and the 78th overall pick. He had his career high in yards last season, but obviously he had much better weapons with Travis Kelsey. Smith always provides, I feel like a good value with his legs. He had 355 yards last year, which I think gives a good floor for fantasy. I mean, I don't really trust any of the Redskins receiving options or the running game. So I think he's at best, maybe a streamer quarterback. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really understand why they got Alex Smith. I mean, if you're going to get Alex Smith, you have to build an Alex Smith team, which means like wide receivers that don't really run go routes. They're not like deep threats. And then you got to get a solid running back and the Redskins don't have that. Like, are they running out Samaj P Ryan out there? Chris Thompson. Those are not good running backs. 
Um, also, like Alex Smith is notorious for not having the greatest of arm. And a lot of these wide receivers are just deep threats. And I don't really understand how they're putting this team together. Um, kind of seems like a weird Madden franchise draft team to me that like you that you just simulated and this is what you ended up with. It just doesn't make sense. But I don't I don't see this team having a whole lot of success. Yeah, then you kind of look at last season. No receiver eclipsed even 800 yards on this team. I mean, you have Paul Richardson over from Seattle now. You have Jamison Crowder, who's in a contract here. You have Josh Doxson, who everyone thought is kind of going to break you out, but we're not sure. So they're all going to be kind of fighting for it. Um, but I'm not sure really any of them are worth – anything more than like a late round flyer at best you know and jordan you look at jordan reed his adp has fallen all the way to the ninth round just because from his injury concerns had a fractured big toe twisted ankle chest and shoulder injuries finally had a hamstring injury that ended his 2017 season once again he if he's healthy he can be one of the few productive tight ends in the league but he's on my do not draft list this season just because uh how many injuries he has sustained but I mean, it's like you said, I might, I, I really might not have a single player on this entire team, even in my uh, draft board, sort of say, just because of how few options they really have. Yeah, um, I just don't really see where the offense is going to come from in this team. I mean, to be fair, Alex Smith has had worse uh, options for wide receivers whenever he was with the Chiefs, and he had some relative success, but he also had pretty good running backs there. So I don't think he's going to have that safety cushion now, and I don't, I don't really like anyone on this team either. Yeah, and just really quick to touch on the running game, Darius Geis, uh, 59th pick from LSU. He has actually good speed, and a lot of people said he was probably the second-best running back option behind Saquon. Um, so he'll probably lead the early down work for the Skins, but then you got Chris Thompson who's going to be a threat to steal some passing work. So I'd say maybe like a fifth to sixth round pick in PPR um, if you go pretty much like a zero RB strategy. Maybe just hope that he uh, break has a breakout. But uh, just in terms of the Redskins 2018 season, I'm not sure they really got that much better. And I think the rest of the division kind of has. So I think another 7-9 and nine season is upon them. And they also, like the uh, rest of the, the division, have to play the NFC South, uh, which we'll get into is going to be very tough. So I like them to go 7-9. and nine. What do you think, Ryan? Um, I think that's a little positive. Uh, I think I would put them at five or six wins. Uh, like, like you said earlier, just the NFC East is playing the NFC South this year, and that's such a good division that I really just don't see them having too much success. Um, I say five wins. All right, and we will start the NFC South. So I hit the timer here again, and we will start with the New Orleans Saints, who last season went 11-5, and five, first in the NFC South, lost in the playoffs to Minnesota, obviously in that uh, dramatic uh, – Hail Mary-esque play. Uh, their first-round draft pick, Marcus Davenport, defensive end from UTSA. Uh, Coach Sean Payton returns. No real notable additions, and the only departure I'd say is uh, Kobe Fleener. So Drew Brees, 4,334 yards, completed 72% of his passes, 23 touchdowns to eight interceptions. His yards and TDs kind of dipped uh, for Brees' standards at least, but I think he has a good chance for a much better fantasy season. Still has all the weapons he needs, minus a suspension for Ingram. But I think he's looked for look for him to throw a little more this year and uh, hopefully reach that upside that he has. So I like him around QB four to five. What do you think, Ryan? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really understand Drew Brees. He has never had like the best wide receiver core, yet he's been consistently one of the better quarterbacks. Um, I mean, this is a dude that literally turned Michael Thomas into a wide receiver one, which I never thought would happen. I never trusted it, but it happened. Um, so yeah, I agree. 
Yep. And uh, just to touch on that, he had 104 receptions, 1,245 yards and five touchdowns. Big Mike saw his production uh, slump slightly as a result of the Saints running the ball. Um, That's a pretty damn good season, but actually, you know, just in terms of what you'd normally expect, a little lower than probably what you want from a wide receiver uh, with his high of a draft pick. I think he'll probably rebound along with Drew Brees and have another top 10 wide receiver season. But then we'll touch on the running game really quick. You got Mark Ingram, 1,124 yards, 4.9 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns, 58 receptions, 416 yards uh, in the receiving game. He will be suspended for four games for PEDs, and he also skipped the voluntary OTAs. So I don't think that's going to make Sean Payton very happy. And he really, I mean, there's always the narrative that he never liked him um, in the first place. So I think the combination of those two uh, makes me to believe that even after the suspension, Ingram will have a drastically reduced workload. So I would say he's a very risky uh, late round draft pick. Um, if you believe that he will be needed in this Saints running game. But Ryan, what do you think about Michael Thomas and Mark Ingram? Um, I mean, Michael Thomas, again, he's not the sexiest wide receiver. Um, I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Fame caliber guy. But with on this team, like for fantasy, like he is gold. I was forced to draft him in a couple leagues last year, and it turned out working pretty well. Um, as far as Ingram, I mean, I love Alvin Kamara. I really like him. He's not a bell cow every down back, but I think he has that like scat satellite back potential. That's just awesome, especially in a passing offense like this. So I think they will do just fine. I actually hope Kamara takes over the role. Um, but yeah. All right, so we'll talk about Alvin Kamara, 728 yards, 6.1 yards per carry, eight touchdowns, 81 receptions, 826 yards in the receiving game to go along with five touchdowns. The rookie had a monster 2017 season and won a lot of people their leagues. Um, I think he's going to see his role expanded even more with the absence of Ingram. So his offensive line returns all five starters, so I like that. So I really see no reason why Kamara shouldn't have another top 10 running back season. I like him around RB4 to 5. Really, the only people I firmly like above him are DJ, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, and then potentially Zeke, uh, depending on how you feel about the Cowboys team in general. So for the 2018 season, I like them to lead another high-powered offense and win another NFC South title. I think their defense is going to return another strong unit. And assuming Breeze doesn't show signs of age, I like the Saints to go. 10 and 6, 11 and 5 in a tough NFC South. So, Ryan, what do you think about Kamara and the 2018 season for the Saints? Uh, well, I already showed my love for Kamara. He's my boy. He is in my stable. Um, the Saints, I think they are going to go 10 and 6 and win the NFC South. Um, what used to be just a horrendous secondary is now one of the better ones in the league. And actually, in like the shortest turnaround time um, for an NFL team that I've seen in a while. So I think their defense is going to carry them. Their offense is amazing, obviously. So, yeah, I, I see 10 wins in a tough division. All right. I will stop this timer, reset it, get it going again, and we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers, who last season went 11-5 and as well. Second in the NFC South, added first-round draft pick DJ Moore, wide receiver out of Maryland. Uh, really the only notable addition would be C.J. Anderson. They lose Jonathan Stewart. And in case you forgot, Kelvin Benjamin during the uh, mid- midseason 2017 trade. Talk about Cam Newton really quick. 3,302 yards, 22 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, completed 59.1% of his passes, 
754 rushing yards and six touchdowns. Cam was actually second on his team in rush attempts. Um, but he has a new offensive coordinator with North Turner, which might change things up a little bit. Um, but top, but Cam has really just been a top 10 uh, quarterback in terms of fantasy every year. So, And most years he's even top five. So I like Cam third behind only Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. His main receiving option, um, Greg Olson, had a Jones fracture in week two. It kept him out till week 11. So, and there's some question marks about whether or not he wants to retire and go to the booth. Um, but he did put up uh, eight receptions, 107 yards, one touchdown against the Saints in the playoffs. So I think uh, he returned to form at the end of the season, which is good to see. Um, but And he's a, he has a great connection with uh, Cam, which I like. So I like him around tight end four behind Gronk, Ertz, and Kelsey. Uh, but Ryan, what do you think about Cam and Greg Olson? Um, I mean – uh, Greg Olson is more of a wide receiver than a tight end just by the numbers. Uh, so there's that. But, I mean, I don't I don't really see their, – their wide receiver core is built around Cam only because he can only hit really, like, tall targets. Um, but it doesn't really work out a whole lot. Uh, I think his checkdowns to McCaffrey are going to increase. I think McCaffrey is going to see a bigger role in this offense. But – I, I never like Cam. Like, I just don't think he's that great of a quarterback. Yeah, he's a threat in the rush game, but he's no Michael Vick. He doesn't have any arm either. So, yeah. Yeah, and then the, like you said about those bigger wide receivers, Devin Funches, 63 receptions, 840 yards, eight touchdowns. He benefited a lot from that trade of Benjamin and Olsen's foot fracture. So I think he might lead the team in targets just barely above Greg Olsen. Like you said, Cam likes those big, tall targets. Um so I like him in the red zone as well. He's, he can actually catch really well in tight coverage. So I kind of like him for a TD upside receiver probably in the fourth round or so. Um, and then to talk about the running game, like you said, C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey, 435 yards, 3.7 yards per carry, two touchdowns to go along with 80 receptions, 651 yards, and five touchdowns. He led all running backs and targets with 116 last season, but he kind of struggled on the ground with only 3.7 yards per carry. Now he has. Now they add C.J. Anderson, who is a much younger and more versatile back. I feel like than um, Jonathan Stewart was. I like McCaffrey's upside, especially for PPR. But I think C.J. Anderson could steal a decent amount of touches for him. But I still like him as a top twenty running back for twenty eighteen. So, what do you really think about uh, Christian McCaffrey in terms of the running game? I mean, I really like him. Um, again, he's not built to be like your traditional NFL running back. Um, but I think out of the backfield. He's definitely a threat in the in the receiving game. Um, he's going. I think he's going to get probably the second most targets, maybe after Olsen. Actually, maybe more than Olsen. Um, so I think he's going to make up a lot of his points there. Um, in PPR leagues, he's going to be gold. So yeah, and just to put a bow on it, um, I feel like the Panthers have been really trying to return to the Super Bowl, and it's really largely been rested on Cam's shoulders. They only won eight games last year. By less, they won eight games last year by less than one possession, and I expect the ball to kind of bounce the other way a couple times. I like them to go. I'd say nine and seven, and like we keep saying, a tough NFC South. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I've never really liked the Panthers. I don't know why I'm so down on them, but I just never. You don't like a lot of teams, do you? Yeah, I, I just you see my team's so bad. I just can't like anyone. But the Panthers, I don't know. I, I see like maybe like a seven eight win season. Nothing sexy, you know, it's all right. All right. Well, we will reset this timer. 
and go on with the Atlanta Falcons. Last year, they went 10 and 6 for third in the NFC South, which is like we keep saying, Ryan, this is a tough division. I mean, 10 and 6 only got you third place here. Um, so they get first round draft pick Calvin Ridley from uh, Alabama with the 26th pick. Matt Ryan, 4,095 yards, completed 64% of his passes, 20 TDs, and 12 interceptions. Also added 143 rush yards. I think Matty Ice should have a much better fantasy season, and he could probably hopefully swing the other way for TD passes. He, 20 TDs last season was his lowest total since his rookie year in 2008. He had 38 in 2016, so I think he's hit both ends of the spectrum, and I like him to kind of regress somewhere in the middle, so probably around 24 to 28 touchdowns, hopefully for 2018. So I really like Matty for a, what's kind of a lower QB pick, and I really like his upside. I'll probably be picking him in a lot of leagues. So his main receiving option, Julio Jones, just got his contract restructured, so that's good to see. Don't have to worry about any holdouts or anything like that. 88 receptions, 1,444 yards, only three TDs. You know, second in the league in receiving yards, but like I, like I kind of said with Matty Ice, um, his TDs kind of slumped along uh, along with Ryan. So I still think he, he can return to form just like Ryan and get more touchdowns. Only was wide receiver seven last year, despite only getting three touchdowns. So leads me to believe that he should be worth uh, his second wide receiver overall pick where he's going really only behind Antonio Brown. So Ryan, what do you think about Matt Ryan? And uh, his main receiver, Julio Jones. Um, I mean, yeah, it's Matt Ryan. I think is still going to be good. He's consistent. Um, one of one of the better quarterbacks for sure. Julio Jones, obviously, we already know what he is. He's a proven talent. Um, what I am looking forward to for the Falcons this year is actually Ridley. Um, I mean, it's the Falcons. They picked another first round Alabama wide receiver. I don't think you can go wrong with that. It worked out the first time really well. Um, I think Calvin Ridley is slowly going to take over Julio's uh, role whenever uh, he starts to get older, and I think they start to build around him. But I think Calvin Ridley is poised for like a sneaky year. Uh, I think I'm going to target him in a couple of my drafts. All right, and then we'll talk about the running game. Devonta Freeman, 196 carries, 865 yards, 4.4 yards per carry. Look to go along with seven touchdowns. In the receiving game, 36 receptions, 317 yards, and one touchdown. He kind of struggled a little bit with some uh, concussions in 2017, which caused him to miss a couple games. He always outsnapped and always outcarried Coleman, which is good to see when he was on the field. Um, I think the talent and presence of Coleman alone was always going to limit his upside for touches, but I still like him around running back 12. And as for Coleman, uh, the reason why I mentioned the carries, he got 156 carries himself. So he got a decent amount of work, 628 yards, four point yards per carry. Five touchdowns, 27 receptions, nearly 300 yards, and three touchdowns. Back-to-back top 25 running back seasons uh, for Coleman in 2016 and 2017. He's obviously a handcuff for Freeman that you should probably have. And uh, actually a pretty good flex option each week. Um, he might not even be on the team in 2019 with his – this is his contract year. So I feel like this gives the team even more incentive to get the most of his services while he is there. So – I like him around running back 25 or so. So, Ryan, what do you think about Freeman and Coleman? Uh, I've never really understood this team. It's kind of a weird – like, it's not like Thunder and Lightning. It's just like Thunder and Thunder. It's, it's just kind of really weird. I don't really like their setup just for fantasy. Um, but, I mean, either – this is one of those situations where you have to handcuff um, 
And I think if uh, Freeman goes down, Coleman is a viable backup and will actually get you maybe like double digits a game. You could probably lock him in for that. So, yeah. All right. Um, we'll talk about the season in general for the Falcons. Um, they went 10-6 and six last year and finished third, like I said before. Another year with their offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, should probably help the offense. And I think I like the chances. I like the Falcons' chances of uh, repeating last year's success with a 10 and 6 season, which will probably get them second and uh, get them a wild card spot behind the Saints. So, Ryan, what do you think about the uh, Falcons' season before we wrap this uh, pot up with the Tampa Bay Bucks? Um, I would say that it's going to be neck and neck with the Saints. Those are two really good teams. Um, I can see either of them winning the division and possibly going to the Super Bowl. All right. So to finish this up, the Tampa Bay Bucks last year went 5-11 and for fourth in the NFC South. Coach Dirk Cutter uh, might be on the chopping block, but we'll get there later. First-round draft pick, Vita Vey, defensive tackle, 12th overall from Washington. Really the only uh, departures they had was Doug Martin, so – We'll talk really quick about crab legs. Jameis Winston, 3,504 yards, 63.8%, uh, 19 touchdowns to 11 interceptions, 135 rush yards. He's suspended the first three games of the season for groping an Uber driver. Um, then they have a week five bye. So you're really going to – his availability is only for one game in the first five weeks. And just really from a fan, just from a fantasy perspective, I, I think it's someone you should not draft. Um, we'll have to see if he can even regain the trust of his coaches and his teammates, um, let alone the obvious off-the-field concern, concerns of why you probably wouldn't want to draft someone like that. But um, what do you think about Jameis Winston, Ryan, and your boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who will be taking over the helm? <clears throat> well, I mean, it's just kind of weird that Fitty Pack keeps getting work. Can he just, like, die off already? Um but, I mean, Jameis Winston, I, I think we already know what he is. And it's not that great of a quarterback. He's okay. I mean, I would take him. If he was on the Jets, I'd like him. But I wouldn't draft him. I'd stay away from him. So, yeah. All right. And then we'll switch it up to the wide receivers. Mike Evans, uh, 71 receptions, 1,001 yards, five touchdowns. Um, like we kind of just mentioned, there's questions at the QB spots. You can't, hunt, can't help but wonder if it'll impact the rest of the offense. He's still a large elite talent, and he's great in the red zone. Uh, it looks like his drop concerns that have plagued him early in his uh, NFL career have kind of subsided, so I like that. Probably get him around wide receiver 10 to 12 or so, but there is a little bit of risk there with just with the quarterback position. And uh, the really the only other receiving option you can kind of count upon. Deshaun Jackson's great, but he's not someone you can really play in a redraft leagues. Um, Cameron Brait, 48 receptions, 591 yards, six touchdowns, you know, at a position like we keep talking about, that's not very consistent. He's one that you can at least, um, count on to provide consistent TD potential. He's been second in red zone targets each of his past two years behind Mike Evans. And I think he's someone you can probably grab late to help fill out, um, your roster should you wait on tight end. So what do you think about those two receiving options, Ryan? Um, I mean, Mike Evans is good. He is an Aggie, so I kind of fade him a little more. But uh, he's proven. He is good. Uh, it, it, again, it comes down to who is going to be quarterback for the first four weeks. I would definitely fade them. Um, I think that hits their draft value a little bit. But for the rest of the season, I think they'll be all right. 
All right, then we'll talk about the running game. Ronald Jones, 38th pick from USC. The rookie will have a chance, I feel like, to lead the backfield. Good speed in the open field, but he is a smaller back at 5'11". So I like him around RB30 for me. But, you know, if, if things don't go so well for the rookie, I'd f- I feel like Peyton Barber will probably be the one to pick up the workload um, should that not work out. So just in terms of the Bucks season for 2018, their season starts with the Saints, Eagles, Steelers, um, and I believe they have the Bears in week four. So I, I could easily see this team going 0-4 going into the bye. And if that's the case, I don't see how Dirk Cutter doesn't get the ax, uh, especially if no, nothing is really done um, to try to better his team. So I think the wheels are going to fall off early for the Bucks in this season. I think uh, probably a 4-12, 5-11, maybe even worse season is uh, likely to come. Yeah, tough division. They don't have their decent quarterback for four weeks. Um, they're not going to win any of those four games. So I, I maybe I, I see five wins. I can see them squeaking out five. All right, so that was the NFC South and the NFC East. I'd like to thank Ryan for joining the pod despite still being junk, uh, drunk. He is a weekend warrior. Um, make sure to follow us on iTunes at the BBB Podcast, on Twitter at the BBB Pod. Leave us a five-star review if you have this chance, and uh, we will be back to continue on with our uh, division breakdowns for fantasy. Till then, he's Ryan. I'm Joey. See you later, folks. We'll be right back.